Chaos at a high school football game raises security concerns at a Savannah stadium. Hundreds in a single Hilton Head Island community are facing eviction, and the Savannah home of a civil rights icon is marked for its historical significance. I've got those stories and more in this episode of WTOC's Weekly Wrap, a recap of the week's biggest stories from around the coastal empire and low country. I'm digital anchor Jake Wallace. You got people on the cell phones calling their kids, trying to locate their kids. But they were there, but not in the same area with the parents. So, of course, it was scary. That's one parent reliving what was supposed to be a Friday night at a high school football game. Fans scrambled from Savannah's Memorial Stadium during a game on Friday night, August 19th. There was two minutes remaining in the first half of the season opener between Benedictine and Jenkins when fans started running from the visitor stands where Jenkins fans were sitting. Both teams also sprinted for their respective locker rooms as many were trying to figure out what was happening. Savannah police says officers made their way up to the stands to a fight that was about to break out. SPD says there were no shots fired and no injuries. Chatham County Police Chief Jeff Hadley backed up that statement this week. Here's Chief Hadley on Tuesday, August 23rd. There were some uh, people yelling some things that I think got people all worked up. Uh, There was never a gun displayed, never a gun seen. There was never shots fired. Despite the false alarm of a gun, the incident has many voicing their concerns with stadium safety. That includes Savannah's Mayor Van Johnson. WTOC's Alyssa Jackson has the story on what city and Chatham County officials want to see moving forward. Some of them took to social media saying they feared for their kids' safety and that they won't let them go back to Memorial Stadium. The stadium is county property within city limits and officials say there should and will be extra safety measures in place. The calm before the storm Friday night with Benedictine and Jenkins facing off in their first Friday night football game. But a fight stopped by Savannah police officers ruined the fun for families and players. They did two things I think did very well. One was to ensure the safety of what was going on, uh, well, ensure the safety of those there that didn't know what was going on, but at the same time to be able to ascertain that there was nothing going on. It seemed to be a false alarm with SPD reporting no injuries or shots fired, but concerns about safety measures prompted county and city officials to address it. I think the county has to make a decision about what they permit in their facility, but I think for the safety of all involved, I think um, they should do what they do at the county courthouse, what we do at City Hall, what we do at the Mark Arena, and that ensures that we check every single person who comes into that facility. The county is now looking at buying metal detectors. That would be in concert with the BOE, having someone there the entire time, even you know when most of the fans are already there, there's no one generally coming and going, but there may be one or two. Chief Hadley is referring to Savannah Chatham's Board of Education. While police say there was a police presence and off-duty officers at the game, they're looking to add even more. Putting uh, a police officer up in the skybox, um, which ones give them a, a greater view of you know, the entire situation. And then if something was to happen, uh, they, can be, they can communicate um, to folks down on the ground. So they can't say whether changes will be implemented by the next game, but conversations are happening. The game between the cadets and Warriors was called after the incident with Benedictine leading 45-0. New Hampstead and Windsor Forest will play at Memorial Stadium on Friday, August 26th. The city of Savannah's decision to hire a federal prosecutor to help cut down on gun crime in the city is being questioned by Chatham County's district attorney. In a Facebook Live conversation with two Savannah alderwomen, DA Shalina Cook-Jones says she wasn't fully supportive of the move, 
saying she felt her office was being bypassed. On Tuesday, August 23rd, Jones further explained her stance in a statement to WTOC, saying, quote, It is legally unenforceable because unless it involves federal property or violates a federal statute, such violent crimes can only be prosecuted by the local district attorney, end quote. Jones says she's working with the city on a collaboration now, but Mayor Van Johnson says those efforts have come after the city has voted and approved the hire. Here's Mayor Johnson from his weekly news conference on Tuesday, August 23rd. If she feels it's not legal, then sue us. We have voted. The uh, agreement has been codified. We are going to hire. The person is going to go to the U.S. Attorney's Office, and we're going to prosecute federal crimes. You can read District Attorney Jones' full statement in this story at WTOC.com. Click the link in the description of this podcast episode. Hundreds of people in one low country neighborhood are facing eviction after finding notices taped to their doors a few weeks ago. Those notices say they must be out of their homes in as little as a month. WTOC's Tyler Mannion spoke with a few of the residents and the group trying to help. Over the next 90 days, 350 people will be displaced. Some, like the Salgado sisters, have been told they must be out by September 13th, something they were notified of August 12th by this letter that's fully in English. The Salgados, like most people in Chimney Cove, only speak Spanish. The Deep Well Project is trying to help, but the executive director says it's a near impossible task. The thing that is out of our control, that we are desperately seeking help from the community, is finding rental places where these families could settle. There's 52 units in this community, meaning 52 families out of a home. The Salgados say they currently pay $1,400 a month for their place that houses four adults and three kids. They add that rent would be twice as expensive at all the other options they found. We communicated with them through FaceTiming our partners at Telemundo Atlanta who translated the interview. We are very worried because we don't know where we are going to go. It's such a short amount of time. The last line of this letter reads, if you fail to vacate the property on or before the deadline, the owner will initiate ejectment, requesting that the sheriff of Beaufort County evict you immediately. Deep Well says that's not how this should work. First of all, the sheriff's deputies are only involved in evictions when there is a court-ordered eviction. That's not what this letter was. What this letter was was notification that the lease was being terminated. She calls it bullying and unnecessarily aggressive language. Not surprisingly, that threat of police action caused extra concern in the neighborhood. Yes, a little danger. We feel worried about the police because we don't want to be treated as delinquents. We haven't done anything wrong. The nonprofit staff is doing everything they can to help. And they say if these people can't find homes, it'll affect the whole area, not just these families. We're about to have 200 of those great employees homeless um, over the next 60 days. And that's going to be not only a challenge for these families, but for the business community where these people are employed. If they have to move off the island, Gillis says the workforce here will take a hit and families' lives will be altered. We can't find anything right now. We just need more time. WTOC reached out to the property owner of Chimney Cove as well as the developer believed to be buying the land, but have yet to hear back.
A decade after a home in the Kyler Brownsville neighborhood of Savannah underwent a major renovation, the historic Savannah Foundation helped declare what the house will always be. On Tuesday, August 23rd, the foundation placed a historical marker on the home where Savannah civil rights leader W.W. Law lived for half a century. In 2014, Troy Williams bought the vacant home at 710 West Victory Drive in Savannah and has since restored it to preserve and honor the memory of Law. Here's Williams, followed by Vonette Good Walker, director of the Ralph Mark Gilbert Civil Rights Museum. It's important to me because I want people to know and wonder who he was because they'll drive by and they'll say that's the WW Law House, but they need to find out what he actually did to appreciate the house. I think it's important that people, wherever they live in the city, need to know who came first. The WW Law Center is named for him on the east side, but who knew he grew up in Calabrownville? I grew up in Calabrownville. So we had great neighbors, but now the neighbors who live here today know who came before them. The Savannah Bananas are closing the first chapter of their franchise's history and taking on their future. The team announced on Wednesday, August 24th, they will no longer compete in the Summer Collegiate Coastal Plain League and will instead play their banana ball concept full-time with professional players. The team says they'll begin a new season that runs from February through September, playing banana ball games in Savannah and across the country. The Bananas will face the rival party animals or other professional baseball clubs. The move comes just weeks after the Bananas captured their second consecutive Coastal Plain League title. But team owner Jesse Cole says this move allows them more freedom in their plans and scheduling, as well as a chance to play their game in front of banana fans all over. With that freedom, you know, we can go to 10,000 seat stadiums, 12,000 seat stadiums. We can go to major league stadiums that can really take care of the fans. And so I think they're going to see a lot more games in the future and a lot more iconic stadiums, a lot more markets and playing in Savannah, not just in the hottest months of the summer, playing in the spring and the fall as well. The Bananas played 35 games at Historic Grayson Stadium in 2022 with their CPL schedule and banana ball exhibitions. Cole estimates they'll play that many, if not more, in Savannah moving forward. You can get the latest news, weather, and sports updates every night on The News and all the time at WTOC.com and on the WTOC app. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great weekend.